0: From CPR News, this is Colorado Matters. A chance to hear the latest U.S. Senate debate. Republican incumbent Cory Gardner and Democrat John Hickenlooper on taxes, ethics and health care.
1: I believe in a patient-centered plan. The idea that a patient and their doctor ought to be making decisions. It's making sure that we have pre-existing condition coverage to drive
2: down the cost of care, increase the quality of care. I believe we have to build on the Affordable Care Act. I mean, that's what Barack Obama built as a foundation. And I think a sliding scale public option gets us a long way there.
0: Plus, climate change and green energy.
2: If you make
1: oil and gas obsolete in this state, John, 230,000 Coloradans will lose their job.
2: The challenge, as any economy changes, is how do you make sure that you have the skills, training, the support, and get out ahead of it instead of just denying, which is what Cory Gardner's done and what President Trump has done.
3: Thank you to our dedicated members and to everyone who donated during the recent fund drive. Because of you, CPR continues to grow, delivering news and music programs we can all rely on. It's incredibly powerful that tens of thousands of listeners across the state voluntarily make room in their budgets to support Colorado Public Radio. Thank you for your generosity, and thank you for being a part of the CPR membership community.
0: This is Colorado Matters from CPR News. I'm Ryan Warner. Today, a chance to hear the latest U.S. Senate debate in Colorado between Republican incumbent Cory Gardner and Democrat John Hickenlooper. Gardner is seeking a second term. Hickenlooper, former governor, wants to unseat him. The two sparred Friday evening at the Denver 7 studios. Hickenlooper, leads in the polls, recently took in a record fundraising haul. This seat is key to flipping Senate control. Our debate moderators are CPR's D.C. correspondent Caitlin Kim, Denver Post political reporter Justin Wingerder. And the first voice you'll hear, Denver 7 anchor Ann Trujillo.
3: We must, of course, start with the pandemic, and we have seen the consequences. Economic devastation, especially for the lowest wage workers, people of color hit disproportionately, kids and adults struggling with mental health, suicides climbing. On Monday, the president tweeted, don't be afraid of COVID. Don't let it dominate your life. 2,000 Coloradans have died, another 75,000 have been diagnosed with coronavirus during the pandemic. So, Mr. Gardner, let's start with you. As a member of the Senate, are you proud of the way the Republican majority is handling the pandemic?
1: We have to improve our work each and every day. Republicans and Democrats coming together, working with our state elected officials to do the job to help us get through this pandemic. Uh, I'm proud of the work that I've done with Governor Polis uh, to provide hundreds of thousands of COVID 19 tests for Colorado that I helped secure from Korea. In fact, Governor Polis said much of what we had to respond early on was because of the work that we did with Taiwan and uh, South Korea uh, as well. So I'm excited to continue the work we need to do for the people of Colorado, including additional relief. the Paycheck Protection Program, uh, additional dollars for unemployment benefits. Uh, I'm proud to support those efforts, to fight for more each and every time. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a bill on the floor of the Senate to make sure that we had a chance to support Coloradans to extend unemployment benefits, to allow businesses a second loan. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, John Hickenlooper opposed that vote on the Senate floor. He would have voted no. The difference between John Hickenlooper and I is I believe this is about the people of Colorado. It's not about him. Him, and that's what he thinks it is. This is about supporting the people of Colorado. Uh,
3: so, the question was, are you proud of the way the Senate is handling? So let me ask you, are you proud of the way the president is handling the pandemic?
1: Well, We have to do, again, we have to do a work each and every day to make sure that we are proud of our response. Uh, the fact is, we shouldn't be proud of anybody who uh, passes away. The fact that we've had 2,000 lives lost, uh, the hundreds of thousands of lives we've seen in the United States lost. This isn't a question of pride. This is a question of getting through this together. Uh, I believe we must get through this by staying together, staying united. That's what we do in Congress. It's not a question of being proud. It's not a question of pride. It's a question of standing together, standing together to fight a pandemic that doesn't care about Republicans or Democrats getting it.
3: Thank you, Mr. Gardner. So, Mr. Hickenlooper, Senator Gardner has said you did not prepare Colorado well enough for a pandemic. And what's your response to that?
2: Well, first, let me just say that that, uh, Jared Polis, who endorsed me, I think has done a remarkable job of addressing the, the pandemic response from a state level. And, and certainly, we did communication uh, uh, tabletops. The, the whole point of them is to re- uh, improve systems. We did that. But the bottom line is that President Trump has, you know, from the very beginning, his negligence in identifying the real challenge and the risk of COVID-19 uh, and then the incompetence of the response once they finally owned up to it, uh, that has made our consequences more severe than any industrialized, or pretty much any industrialized country in the world. Our is upside down, and we still can't get additional uh, resources, additional relief for, I mean, people have lost their jobs, their businesses, they're trying to figure out how they're gonna make rent, how they're gonna put food on the table, and in Washington, it's, it's the same as it ever was. And, and Cory is part of that status quo that gets, doesn't get things done.
3: And I'm asking about Colorado. Did you prepare Colorado well enough?
2: Yes, I think we put in place Uh, the processes uh, by which you can continuously improve uh, whatever disaster you have.
3: We're gonna continue on with the healthcare uh, questions. Let's move on. Caitlin continues.
4: This question is for Mr. Gardner. You voted nine times to repeal the Affordable Care Act. If that effort finally succeeds or the Supreme Court strikes it down, what replaces it, and please be as specific as possible.
1: Well, thank you, Caitlin. And I think you just heard Governor Hickenlooper admit that he did not prepare the state of Colorado for the pandemic. His own tabletop exercises prove that in the audit that the state of Colorado performed. Look, there are two things that Republicans and Democrats agree on when it comes to health care. Uh, one, we will protect people with pre existing conditions, and that's why I've introduced legislation to protect people with pre existing conditions. Two, is that the Affordable Care Act needs to be replaced. I believe in a patient centered plan the idea that a patient and their doctor ought to be making decisions. It's based on risk pools and reinsurance. In fact, I helped make sure that the state of Colorado received a waiver for the reinsurance program to help drive down costs. That's what the Colorado state was seeking. I helped them achieve that and grant that from HHS. It's making sure that we have association health plans that work. It's making sure that we have pre-existing condition coverage to drive down the cost of care, increase the quality of care. John Hickenlooper's plan would take 178 million insurance policies away from the American people. He believes in a government-run system that puts the bureaucrats in charge. It's like getting a colonoscopy at the DMV.
4: Well, I just want to give you 30 seconds to respond because I didn't really hear a plan that you have for what would actually replace the Affordable Care Act. Well, thank
1: you. I, I just talked about the plan. Number one, we will make sure that we co- have coverage for pre-existing conditions. That's why I've introduced legislation to do just that. The plan is based on reinsurance and risk pools uh, to make sure that we have association health plans, uh, insurance across state lines, to make sure that we drive down unnecessary uh, and uh, procedures that drive up the cost of medical care. It's estimated by about 25 uh, percent. Uh, we can reduce those costs. The plan is to make sure that we empower citizens, empower constituents, the patients, not empowering uh, somebody like Chuck Schumer or Congress to be in charge of their health care. Remember, what John Hickenlooper's plan would do would lead to Medicare for all, which is health care for none. 178 million people would lose their health insurance as a result, and it would increase payroll taxes by $2,300 a piece. Thank you you very much,
4: Mr. Gardner. Mr. Hickenlooper, um, many parts of the Affordable Care Act have been repealed or struck down in the past 10 years, but some big provisions remain, like uh, insurance marketplaces, protecting pre-existing conditions, and being able to keep children on your insurance until they're 26 um, are still in effect. Should Democrats focus on restoring things like the individual mandate or craft something new?
2: Um, Well, first, let me just take a moment. Uh, And Cory is a fast speaker, very slick. I think you're gonna hear tonight uh, a lot of attacks, you're going to hear distortions, exaggerations, some outright lies. Um, let's get answer this question. Uh, the Affordable Care Act provided, you know, not universal coverage but dramatically increased coverage in this country and did, as you point out, provide for relief uh, uh, for kids in that in-between age and they could stay on their parents' plan, uh, protections for pre-existing conditions. I believe we have to build on the Affordable Care Act. I mean, that's what Barack Obama built as a foundation. And I think a sliding scale public option gets us a long way there. Corey says that he has a bill that will you know, provide for protecting you know, for people, protecting the, uh, for extending the protections for pre-existing conditions. You know, that, there's no there there. They've had uh, a number of, of five different fact checkers say it's a sham. Uh, Channel 9, the other station called it Horse excrement.
3: All right, gentlemen, we are going to move on to some yes no questions as related to health care. And when I address you directly, please respond with a yes or no. Vice President Biden supports dropping the enrollment age for Medicare from 65 to 60, while making those extra years optional. Do you support that idea, Mr. Gardner?
1: Well, I support more people uh, who can get more access to to Medicare as long as it is sustained so and firm. So it is
3: a, a yes. You agree? Uh, with as long
1: as I understand the, the plan correct, I've not read the Vice President's plan, but if it's more people getting into the care that they've been promised, and we protect Medicare, uh, then of course.
3: Thank you, Mr. Hickenlooper.
2: Well, it has to be part of a package, but yes, I support the. Uh, Given all the the, the uh, all the balancing that goes on.
3: Thank you. Again, this is a yes or no. Would you vote in favor of a Medicare for all bill, Mr. Hickenlooper? Uh, no. Mr. Gardner.
1: No, but that's exactly what Thank John you. Hickenlooper's plan is. He has said it Mr. before. Gardner, it's his quote.
3: Excuse me. Do you believe the federal government should be able to negotiate lower drug prices across the board, Mr. Gardner?
1: Yes, and we've been working Thank
3: on you. that. Mr. Hickenlooper. Yes, of course. Thank you. Thank you. And our next question comes from Justin Wingarder of
2: the Denver Post. Justin?
5: Uh, thank you. Uh, Mr. Hickenlipper, we will begin with you. Uh, do you think the government should send out another round of stimulus checks?
2: Yes, absolutely. And I think the fact that it's been six months and Washington still can't get its act together is shameful. I mean, we are dealing with people that have lost so much, uh, families that are on the edge of bankruptcy, uh, literally having trouble to put food on the table. Uh, I think that we need to recognize we've got to provide support for our schools so they can uh, open safely. Let's make sure we finally get uh, sufficient testing capacity so everybody who needs it can get it, allow our small businesses to open safely. We also need to make sure we have enough protective equipment so the small businesses and the schools all can open safely. Uh, We have to make sure we get some resources for uh, local governments and state government to make sure they can do well. Cory Gardner and the Republican Senators have been boxing themselves in, allowing themselves not to make any negotiations for six months. This has been going on for six months. Only in Washington could you have such stagnation and call it good politics.
5: Mr. Gardner, your response, not only to my question, but Mr. Hickenlooper's uh,
2: accusations. Well, thank you.
1: Look, uh, I have supported uh, expanding loans to businesses, loan forgiveness to businesses to keep their doors open. Uh, There's a business owner in in Monument, Colorado, Rosie's Diner, that is in business today because of the PPP loan. I uh, spoke to a a business this morning in Greenwood Village that is around today because of the PPP loan, and they need more assistance. That's why I supported several weeks ago on the floor of the United States Senate a bill that would have done the things that John Hickenlooper just said needed. To be done. It would have provided hundred plus billion dollars to schools. It would, would have provided dollars for testing. It would have provided dollars for businesses. It would have provided dollars for uh, personal protective equipment. That bill would have passed the Senate had we had bipartisan support. Unfortunately, John said he would have voted no because he Mm -hmm. believes it's more important to play politics than providing relief for the people of this state because that's what you get with John. You get somebody who's willing to violate the state's constitution and ethics. You get somebody who's willing to vote no on relief and then tell the people of Colorado that they need more. It's not about you.
5: That bill would not have included stimulus checks. Do you support sending stimulus checks? Oh,
1: absolutely. We need to support stimulus checks. But the stimulus checks that we sent out through the CARES Act, John's actually criticized that bill as well. The relief that the American people need was on the floor, with more coming just a few weeks ago. But to be clear, John said he would have opposed that. Now, is that a a power grab? Is that because he believes it's to his advantage to say, let's wait until after the election, and maybe we can use this for our political gain? You know, earlier this summer... John was uh, convicted by the state's Independent Ethics Commission because he believed the laws could be used for his own gain, ignoring the laws at the expense of the people of Colorado. That's what you see the same thing happening with coronavirus relief. Thank
5: you, Mr.
2: Thank pardon. you. Can, can I All respond? right, yeah, uh,
3: please. Case. 30 seconds. Oh, Mr. please, Mr. Heckinleber.
2: His attacks, that, you know, the bottom line is that that bill was going to cut the extended uh, uh, insurance, extended uh, unemployment uh, by two thirds. It was going to uh, not provide any money for local governments or state governments. It was going to provide little or no support uh, for schools trying to reopen. I mean, think about these schools. Uh, kids want to go to school learn. Their parents want them to go to school. The teachers want to teach, and they don't have the resources to do it. And right now, their local economies are so upside down, they can't do it all themselves.
1: Thank you, yeah. thank you. Thank he you.
2: actually got it wrong. Uh, that bill did include thank money for much, education. It included more money than the, Well, he got on. he got several thank things you.
1: wrong. If I could thank just you. correct what he said right. He got the bill wrong. What, and m- I think it's important that we set the record straight. $105 I, billion dollars for education, more money than the House would have provided, was in that bill. Uh, we had dollars for, for schools. We had a dollar for coronavirus protection in there. And he said he would have voted no. He didn't even
3: understand you, the bill
2: that he says he would vote no and on. Mr. It's move, not about you. We're going to let
3: you have the last word on this so that we can move on to the next topic.
2: Well, I just think that we see again uh, so many words. It's Um, the truth. And and, uh, the distortions and and exaggerations. I I trust everyone's going to be able to see through this over the course of this debate. Uh, We need to make sure that we get relief to the people that need it. And the Republicans control the Senate. They're able to bring this bill forward. They're able to to negotiate. But over six months, they haven't done it. It's it's the same as it ever was.
3: If the COVID infection rate rises above 5% in Colorado. Would you support another shutdown? Mr. Gardner, yes or no?
1: No, we can't afford a shutdown Thank you. in this country.
3: Mr. Hickenlooper?
2: That's right on the border. I do what, the, what the, the medical professionals suggest, yes.
3: Thank you. Some people are calling for a national mask mandate right now. Would you support it, yes or no? Mr. Hickenlooper? National? National mask mandate. No. Mr. Gardner?
1: We need to follow the science, the guidances. We need to wear our masks. I wear a mask. Yes or but no. But I think a national mandate goes the, too far.
3: Yes or no. Okay, Well, the answer no. Okay, do you believe a Supreme Court justice should be confirmed before the results of the election are known? Mr. Gardner. I believe decided.
1: we should uh, follow a thorough, transparent process it's and a confirm yes a justice no, uh, along that line. As long as the thorough process believe- is fulfilled.
3: Is it a yes or no? Well, again,
1: if the process is completed and it's thorough
2: and fair, then yes, we can have that justice confirmed.
3: Mr. Hickenlooper, do you believe a Supreme Court justice should be confirmed before the results are known?
2: As as Cory Gardner said four years ago, the voice of the people should be heard. So they they should not confirm a justice until the the voice of the people that's be heard. Okay, thank
3: you. And this one is not a yes or no. We'll give you each 30 seconds on this topic. What should be the Senate's top priority right now? A coronavirus package or confirming Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. So please choose one or the other. Mr. Hickenlooper, you go first.
2: COVID definitely has to be the, the primary uh, response has to be to deal with COVID-19 and to make sure that we're dealing with uh, the, the economy in a constructive way. And especially for those small businesses that are uh, at risk of not being able to reopen. We look at the coffee shops, the restaurants, the, the hair salons. This has to be a time where we focus on that. The, the vote of the people should help determine that should allow the next president to decide who is nominated for the Supreme Court.
3: Thank you, sir. Uh, uh, Mr. Gardner?
2: Look, we ought to be focused on COVID. That's why I am
1: focused on COVID. That's why I'm leading with my colleagues, Republicans and Democrats, to pass a relief bill now. That's why I voted several weeks ago to pass a coronavirus relief package, a package that John Hickenlooper said he opposed. That bill supported the small businesses that you said you want to support. That bill provided help to the coffee shops and the restaurants and the hardware stores. You said no, because not everything was in that bill that we needed. I agree, but isn't something better Than nothing, according to John Hickenlooper, nothing is better than something. It's all about you and it's
0: got to stop. And
3: my question is what should be the Senate's priority? So it's a one or the other. Is it coronavirus or Well, that's what I said. It's
1: it's, it's COVID 19, it's coronavirus. That's why we have to continue this effort. And unfortunately, John Hickenlooper would have voted against the relief.
3: And we are going to move on to another
4: question here. Caitlin Kim has our next line of questions. Mr. Gardner, in 2016, you said the Senate should not confirm a Supreme Court justice before the presidential election. This is what you said at the time.
0: We
1: are deep in the heart of a political campaign, a divisive election with a divisive president uh, who has done nothing but overreached uh, Congress time and time again. I believe the next Supreme Court justice ought to be chosen by the American people through the election of the next president.
4: Why do you no longer stand by those words?
1: Well, look, the Senate will exercise its advise and consent powers, its obligations, like we did in 2016. We followed the precedent in 2016. In 2020, the precedent stands clear. We will follow and oblige our advise and consent requirements of the Constitution. Uh, This precedent that we are following goes back to the late 1800s. And I will remind uh, our, our listeners of this debate what John Hickenlooper did when he was governor of the state of Colorado. When he was governor in his last term in office, last year in office, 2018, he appointed a justice to the Colorado Supreme Court. So he believes that you can appoint a justice in the last year of a governor's term. Uh, so I think that he actually has to uh, square what he said four years ago, don't confirm a justice, or do confirm a justice four years ago, excuse me, he said. Now he's saying don't confirm a justice. But yet he himself in 2018 put a justice on the Colorado Supreme Court. But let's talk about the kind of justices or judges that John Hickenlooper supports. He actually put a judge on the bench in Weld County that covered up a Cope ring that covered up a cocaine ring. He has another judge on the bench that was a a max out campaign donor to his campaign. I think it's pretty clear the kind of judge or justice that John Hickenlooper wants. It is not about you, John. It is about the people of Colorado, and we need to fight like heck for every person here.
4: So, Senator, just really briefly, why don't you stand by those words? You didn't talk about precedent in 2016. You talked about the people. Oh, I certainly talked about
1: precedent. You may have picked a clip where I didn't talk about precedent, but the precedent from 2016 is the precedent that we uh, exercised our advice and consent clause powers under, the same as we are doing in 2020, a precedent that has
4: stood since the late 1800s. Thank you very much, Can I respond to Uh, his
2: his allegations about the...
4: Mr. Hickenlooper, the next question actually is for you. And um, so in 2016, you said that the Senate should confirm Merrick Garland. Why have you changed your position? Uh,
2: Because back then we had 10 months, just like I had when I made my Supreme Court appointment my last year as governor, Uh, which, by the way, Cory Gardner knows that we have an independent bipartisan commission that vets all the candidates and then recommends three that the governor can choose from. Uh, and it's a process that is considered the, the gold standard in terms of how you appoint judges. So he knows his allegations really don't, uh, don't carry much water. Uh, I look at this as the precedent is right now being twisted to suddenly now the, the voice of the people in a divisive election with a divisive president, the voice of the people doesn't matter anymore. Why can't we just wait, let's see who, who gets elected, and let them dominate the next justice. This is going to be a lifetime appointment. There's no reason why we need to, to rush to judgment. And, you know, Cory Gardner, Donald Trump has made 200 judicial appointments. Cory supported 210 out of 214. Uh, a number of them didn't meet the basic standards of the American Bar Association. Uh, it's surprising to have him lecturing me about the appointment of judges. Mr. Hickenlooper,
4: we have a 30 second follow up question for you. If Justice Barrett is confirmed and Biden wins the election, would you vote to increase the size of the Supreme Court, what's known as court backing?
2: Well, in the first place, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I continue to have hope that there are enough Republican incumbents running for Senate that they, when the bright lights are turned up and they recognize that their vote is going to violate the will of the American people, they're going to recognize that this is, this is not the time, and, and I don't think that, uh, uh, Amy Comey Barrett's going to get approved. Uh, that said, my experience is that generally it's the people, not the institutions you need to change. Once we get new people into Washington, I think the system will right itself.
4: Again, would you support court packing?
2: No, I, I'm saying that, that I think that the, the first task you have to do is you have to go and uh, make sure you get you know, new senators in place, new people, uh, and I think that will change the institution more than immediately changing the rules.
4: Mr. Gardner, 30 seconds for you as well. Are there any circumstances under which you would support adding a 10th or 11th justice to the Supreme Court?
1: No, and I'd yield the rest of my time for John Higginlooper to actually answer the question. He has said in the past <laughs> that he would be open to court packing. So, no, I don't support court packing. Uh, that's what Ruth Bader Ginsburg had said. Uh, it's a 150-year precedent with nine justices. Uh, John, you have the rest of the time to answer the question, yes or no, will you pack the court? I
2: mean, <laughs> I'm happy to. Repeat the, the answer. Yes i gave. no? You got I, I'm, no I'm, I'm happy to repeat the answer that I gave. The bottom line is it's the institutions. You did not say yes yes or no. Do you I agree, have no intention of. Uh...
0: <clears throat> the timer going off there, and more of Higginlooper versus Gardner in the next half hour. This is Colorado Matters from CPR News. This year's elections could be the most important of our lifetimes. As you get ready to vote, look to CPR News for context and clarity in our daily reporting. And visit CPR.org for a free Voter's Guide, a comprehensive resource to help as you consider everything on the ballot. Get to know the issues and candidates you're unfamiliar with, including third parties. Find the CPR News 2020 Voter's Guide at CPR.org. You're with Colorado Matters from CPR News. I'm Ryan Warner. This hour, we are airing Friday's U.S. Senate debate between Republican incumbent Cory Gardner and his Democratic opponent, former Governor John Hickenlooper. Denver Post political reporter Justin Wingarder starts the second half with a question for Senator Gardner.
5: You did not vote for Donald Trump in 2016. You endorsed him in 2019. What changed your mind?
1: I didn't think Donald Trump could win in 2016, and I desperately wanted to make sure that Hillary Clinton did not win the White House because her ideas were wrong for this country. Her ideas included big government, uh, weak foreign policy, and would have lessened the opportunities for the American people. The choice is clear in 2020. We have a choice between somebody who's going to uh, create a socialized medicine program, ban fracking, 230,000 jobs in Colorado will be lost. And John Hickenlooper has said he'd be with him every step of the way. John Hickenlooper said that he would support, actually he wants to go further than the Green New Deal. He said he wants to make oil and gas obsolete in this state. Do you know what that means, John? If you make oil and gas obsolete in this state, John, 230,000 Coloradans will lose their jobs. Is that the kind of economic plan that you have for this state? 230,000 people losing their jobs? These are people that I live with in in my neighbors, in my neighborhood, my hometown. They're my family members. And yet we have an administration under Joe Biden
5: and John Hickenlooper, if he gets there, that would destroy our economy. We will get to oil and gas in a minute, but... First of all, are you proud of your support for Donald Trump? I'm proud of
1: the work that we have done together. I'm proud of the work that we have done for Colorado to bring a space command to Colorado Springs, to open up the Bureau of Land Management headquarters here. I'm proud of the work that we've done. So, yes, let's be proud of the work we've done. We're going to fight like cats and dogs. We're going to bring people together, but we're going to make sure that we make it about the people of Colorado. Look, you want to know what's wrong with Washington, D.C.? It's because you send people to Washington D.C. Uh, that are, are, are dedicated to a partisan fight instead of working together. That's why I'm the third most bipartisan member of the United States Senate to get work done. John thinks it's all about him. That's why he wants to go there. He even admits it.
5: Sir, I did not hear an answer. Are you proud, to, proud to support of Donald we're done Trump? Together?
1: Absolutely proud of the work that we've done together because it's been good for the state of Colorado to bring Bureau of Land Management here to cut taxes and help wage growth. If you look what our state has done, 7% wage growth across uh, the western part of the United States. John Hickenlooper actually wants to repeal the 2017 tax cuts. That would reduce wages. I think he asked you whether, you're,
2: whether you're going to I'm proud of your support for President
1: John, I, Trump. I'm That's not going to support a socialist, so I'm proud to be, uh, of course, working together <laughs> to make Gardner, sure that we
3: don't you. have thank a socialist. You, thank you, thank you. All right, Mr. Hakenluber, please, your time to respond.
2: Obviously, I think President Trump's negligence in addressing COVID-19, his, uh, his complete incompetence and that of his team in, in, in responding once they finally recognize the threat uh, is a disgrace and has hurt this country as much as any natural disaster in our lifetime. Um, Cory Gardner didn't speak out uh, against that. When, when President Trump tried to get foreign governments to intercede on his behalf in elections, Cory Gardner didn't speak out. When recently, uh, when, when the president during his debate said, uh, stand back, but stand by to white supremacists, Cory Gardner didn't respond.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Hickenlooper, as Senator Gardner mentioned earlier, you did commit two ethics violations while in office. Why should the people of Colorado trust you?
2: Well, As you know, those were uh, violations of travel I did trying to promote Colorado. We went from 40th in job creation to becoming the number one economy in the country. Those allegations originally came from a dark money Republican group that was, uh, you know, made originally 97 allegations. Of those, only two were violations. Uh, You know, they were inadvertent. Uh, They were uh, reporting errors. The Denver Post called them honest mistakes relatively minor. Uh, I acknowledge, I accept responsibility, we paid the $2,800 fine. But let's refer to what, where those are coming from. Uh, the Dark Money Republican group recognizes they can't defend Cory Gardner's record. He's trying to roll back the protections for people with pre-existing medical conditions nine times. He wants to not just, you know, uh, uh, not address climate change, he wants to roll back protections for clean air and clean water. Uh, this is unacceptable by any measure, and they know we can't run on it. So they've spent 20 million dollars in attacking me over the course of the summer. Uh, you know that's Washington politics coming to Colorado, and I don't. I don't think Colorado's are, I think they see right through it. Coloradans recognize this is a, a, a huge amount of of, of uh, attack ads and 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 just cover-ups for the lack of a record that could be defended. Thank
3: you, Mr. Hickenlooper. Justin Wingarder has our next line of questions. Uh,
5: thank you. Two weeks ago, the New York Times reported on President Trump's taxes. They found in some years he paid nothing, in other years as little as $750. Is that fair? Mr. Hickenlooper, we'll start with you.
2: No, of course that's not fair. Uh, this is exactly what, what is driving people nuts about, about Washington. Washington feels that there's two sets of rules. And, you know, President Trump We don't know exactly any details about his business. How much is he using his position to benefit his businesses? We know now that he's got huge amounts of debt. Uh, We suspect and think it's in certain foreign governments. Is that affecting his negotiations with countries like Russia or China? Uh, Why did the U.S. uh, redirect their their energy around Russia uh, and be more, uh, how should I say, benevolent? The the bottom line is that everybody should pay their fair share. You know, Cory Gardner supported Donald Trump's trillion dollar tax giveaway, where the largest corporations, the the wealthiest individuals, got 83% of the benefit, while so many small businesses, things for for working people were temporary. Mr. Gardner. Well, thank you for the question, and this could
1: all be answered if the president would release his tax returns, (laughs) and I encourage him to do so. Release the tax returns. That answers all of these questions. But John Hickenlooper said that there are two sets of rules that some in Washington play by. Well, let's talk about the two sets of rules that you're playing by, John. You finished this last segment saying that you were found guilty on two small charges. Do you think that violating the state constitution is no big deal, it's nonchalant, it's just a small thing? Do you think the Independent Ethics Committee that found you guilty is actually a dark money group? You appointed some of the members. They're your own appointees, governor. When it comes to the people of Colorado, you want them to look away when you yourself have two sets of rules. To violate the state constitution, you weren't, you weren't set free or found innocent on 91 charges. They were outside of the statute of limitations. They were never even brought up. This is about somebody you can't trust because he thinks it's all about him. And if it's all about him, he won't fight for you. Will you waive the statute of limitations?
2: Would you like to respond, Mr. Hickam? Well, once again, uh, the incessant uh, distortions and and misstatement of facts. Uh, The bottom line is that Cory Gardner can't defend his record. And so he's going to keep attacking me all night. Uh, We've seen it so far. I don't think it's going to stop at any point. Uh, In terms of the bill that he says I wouldn't vote for, at that moment in time, I wouldn't have voted for it. If it was negotiated and it got more money for this, more money for restaurants, for instance, I mean, why isn't the Restaurant Act passed?
3: So our next question comes from Caitlin Kim.
4: Senator Gardner, your rally with President Trump in Colorado Springs this past February drew quite a crowd. Thousands of people were in in attendance, among them people wearing outfits supporting the QAnon conspiracy, and members of the Proud Boys wearing matching jackets and leading chants. The Proud Boys are classified as a hate group President Trump declined to condemn them at the first presidential debate. Mr. Gardner, what is your message to the Proud Boys who came to watch you speak in Colorado Springs and presumably will cast a ballot for you in the coming weeks?
1: Well, now, I, I, I don't know that you can say that because I strongly condemn them in the strongest terms. Uh, After Charlottesville, I said we must call hate uh, for what it is, evil for what it is, hate. uh, We we must make sure we stop the the injustice that we've seen in our communities because of discrimination and hate. There is no room for white supremacy. There is no room for intolerance. There is no room for people who believe that they are better than somebody else because of the color of their skin. Uh, And so you know, there is no room for white supremacy, and I I condemn them, as I have, in the strongest terms possible. But we need to do more when it comes to justice and equality. We need to make sure that we're fighting for things like the Justice Act in the United States Senate. We need to make sure that we continue funding historically black colleges and universities like I did mandatory funding just this past year. We can do these things to end the injustice, the inequality, and make a difference. But we have to make sure that we speak loudly, as I always have and will continue to do, to stand against hate to stand against discrimination, to stand against white supremacy.
3: Which brings us to our next line of questioning, and these are quick yes or nos again. Do you condemn white supremacist groups? Mr. Hickenlooper? Yes. Yes. Thank you both. Do you condemn the plot to kidnap and kill Governor Gretchen Whitmer? Mr. Gardner? Yes. Mr. Hickenlooper? Yes. Do you believe that President Trump's words have inspired domestic terrorism? Yes or no? Mr. Hickenlooper? Uh,
2: Quite possibly,
1: yes. Mr. Gardner? I sure hope not, no.
3: Thank you, all right. We are going to move on. Colorado has relied on all mail-in ballots since 2014. Both of you have been elected during all-mail elections. Do you have faith in Colorado's election system? Mr. Hickenlooper, we'll start with you.
2: Yes, I uh, helped create it. Uh, Really it was the clerks from around the state, Republicans and Democrats, who created our all-mail ballot as a national model. And we've demonstrated that we've been able to have high turnout at a lower cost. We save $6 per voter, Uh, and at the same time we're doing that, we have uh, uh, limiting audits that we do throughout the the balloting to, to demonstrate that we have no more questionable ballots than in any other traditional election. Now, within all this, Donald Trump continues to attack, especially states like Colorado, where we send ballots to everyone. Donald Trump is, thinks this is gonna be the unfair election. It's gonna make him allow, to, uh, allow him not to uh, accept the results in some way. Uh, and, and Cory Gardner hasn't said a word. Uh, we, have, we were the second highest turnout in 2018. Uh, it's, it's, it's more accurate. And certainly in a time of COVID, it's safer. So uh, I would certainly hope that the that Cory, when he gets a chance to talk to President Trump, again, that he expresses how important it is that states like Colorado are the national model.
3: Well, and Mr. Gardner, the same question to you. Do you have faith in Colorado's election system?
1: Oh, yes, and I've talked about that around the country to reporters and to the president himself. In fact, the Denver Post had to correct itself in a story today because they got it wrong about my defense of Colorado's mailing system. Now, where I am concerned, and it's something that John Higginlooper has said he supports, is what Washington, D.C. wants to do to take over and federalize our state's elections systems. A bill that John Hickenlooper supports would actually eliminate the voter signature verification uh, on ballots. We do a great job in Colorado. Our signatures are verified. Let's stick with that. But that's not the bill that John Hickenlooper supports that he says he would support if he were elected to the United States Senate. That bill would also allow the Attorney General of the United States to overturn a local county clerk decision. I think our, he just credited the county clerks for doing a great job. They do a wonderful job in Colorado, and yet he supports a bill that would allow the attorney general to federalize their decisions. Uh, let, let's fight hard for Colorado, but you can hear that two sets of rules that John Hickenlooper applies. He says one thing here but Thank does an exactly different thing in Washington. Mr. Hickenlooper,
3: we're going to uh, let, in you let you respond to that.
2: Well, I'm not sure exactly what Billy's talking about. Uh, it, uh, again, In the course of a campaign we hear about all kinds of bills and oftentimes you're not supporting a bill as much as you're supporting an aspect of a bill uh, and then that gets lumped into a larger bill. So I'm not sure what he's talking about. I do think if he's talking to to President Trump he should be a lot more explicit that having an all-mail ballot where everyone gets sent a ballot to their home is highly efficient, uh, increases turnout, lowers cost and is safe in a time of COVID. So the fact that President Trump continues to make these allegations is frustrating.
3: Thank you. Okay, we're going to each give you each 30 seconds to answer this follow up question. Do you trust the election system in states which are using mail ballots for the first time? And Do you promise tonight to accept the outcome of the presidential election? Mr. Gardner, you first.
1: Well, yes, uh, of course. That's what we do in a, in a democracy, a republic. We accept the results of, it, of an election, the outcome. And I hope that the states that are doing this for the first time are following Colorado's lead. If they follow Colorado's lead, it's going to be perfect. And I'm sure they have s- strengths and safeguards that they themselves have implemented in as well. And I know uh, clerks and secretaries of state across the country are working hard to make this safe and secure. I'm proud of the work that our secretaries of state do across the country, that our county clerks do across the country. Let's make sure that we're learning from the best. I believe that's Colorado. Let's implement the things that we've done.
3: Thank you, and Mr. Hickenlooper, do you trust the election system in states which are using mail ballots for the first time? Yes. And do you promise to accept the outcome?
2: To to the best of my knowledge, I do trust all those results, uh, and I will accept the outcomes. Uh, I do, again, find it troubling that President Trump continues to attack these systems and is obviously building a foundation by which he's going to allege all kinds of improprieties and unfairness, and except an occasional comment to a local reporter, we don't hear Cory Gardner on, on national cable or in, in national print talking about that the president is wrong here. And This is a classic case where you've got to call out, speak back to power.
3: All right, gentlemen, we are going to turn our attention to the issue of climate change, and Justin Wingarder will begin our questioning.
2: Thank
5: you, Ann. Uh, large portions of the state are dealing with extreme drought. Wildfires have burned nearly 500 square miles. Smoke has made it dangerous uh, to breathe in Denver and, and elsewhere. You both have said the climate is changing. Let's begin with a yes or no. Do you accept the scientific consensus that climate change is primarily due to human activity? Uh, Mr. Gardner will yes. begin. Mr. Yes. Mr. Hagenlooper? Yes. Mr. Hickenlooper, you have said you want to transition away from fracking. This came up earlier in the debate. Your critics say that will leave many thousands of Coloradans without a job. Are they right about that?
2: Well, this is a transition that's going to take a, a significant period of time, and that transition, there are going to be three, four, five times more jobs created as we transition to a clean energy economy than we're going to lose from the old, uh, the old economy. And
5: Mr. Gardner, you have made those accusations.
2: Your response? John Hickenlooper just
1: admitted That if you work in oil and gas, he is going to take your job. (laughs) 230,000 Coloradans are going to lose your job because he has decided your job isn't good enough for him. John, it's not about you. It's about the people of Colorado. It's about fighting for somebody who wants to have that job, who values that job, who values the work that they are bringing. I spoke to a person in Craig, Colorado, who asked me a very simple question. You ran TV ads about closing down coal mines in Craig, Colorado, bragging about the hundreds of people who lost their job, spiking the football, that they had lost their job. He looked at me and he said, what have I done wrong? What did I do wrong to lose my job for the government to tell me that I'm not worthy of this job? You want to put
2: them out of work. You've told them that your decision-making is better than their own. That is outrageous. I certainly said nothing of the kind. And the bottom line is, market forces are changing our energy economy. We're in the process right now of closing two coal-fired plants down by Pueblo and replacing them with wind, solar, and batteries. And for the first time, the, the prices, the monthly electric bill for the consumers is gonna go down, right? Now all of a sudden, we have clean energy and clean air at a lower cost. And that's gonna happen again and again and again. The challenge, as any economy changes, is how do you make sure that you have the skills, training, the support and, and get out ahead of it. Instead of, well, just denying, which is what, you know, uh, Cory Gardner's done and what, what President Trump has done relentlessly, you've got to get out ahead and make sure that you have the skills training to make sure people get into new economies and make sure that we provide incentives to get more jobs in those rural places where they're needed. We started, we created Jumpstart Colorado to do just that. Uh, and I think those are the kinds of efforts that are going to make a difference, not what what Washington's doing, which is just you know, grinding to a halt and stopping all progress around, around uh, clean energy.
5: Mr. Gardner, is the, cl- is the closure of two coal plants uh, a good thing, in your mind?
2: I don't think any time you lose jobs, it's a good
1: thing. Uh, if they're gonna move to clean energy jobs right now and have a job to get to, then yes, absolutely, it's a good thing that we have those jobs. But what Governor Hickenlooper has said, is that they're going to lose their job, 230,000 people. He didn't ask them, he didn't talk to them, he didn't ask if it was okay for them to be fired. He just said, "No, nope, we're gonna take them, we're gonna, you're gonna lose them. We're gonna create some government program for you and we'll transition you into a different job, uh, whether or not you want it or not. That is that command and control aspect that he wants to take to Washington of our economy because he thinks Washington is best. Now, you said that I've denied. Governor, you, you've, you've, this is the most negative campaign that you have ever run. You want to talk about name calling. How many names have you called me tonight? Uh, Horse, whatever you call it. You've called me all kinds of names. Uh, And, you know, again, it goes back to the people of this state who deserve more, who deserve somebody who's going to fight for them to champion their job. You want to have it two ways, one in Washington, one here. None of them are about the people of
5: Colorado.
2: Would you like to respond, Mr. Rick? Oh, you bet. Um, I know what it's like to be laid off. I was laid off. Uh, in that uh, recession in the mid-1980s, I was out of work over two years. Uh, and it is no fun, I get that. Uh, and you've got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps, you've got to work with your friends and your neighbors and, and, and be able to deal with what you can. You know, Corey's worried about my, uh, uh, I didn't call him any names tonight, I, I said his bill had been called, ex, it, horse excrement by others. The, the bottom line is that, you know, I got so many lies thrown at me this election, I figured it was about time to tell the truth about Cory. All right, right,
3: gentlemen, we still have a lot of territory. So earlier this week, Justices Thomas Alito wrote that the Supreme Court case legalizing gay marriage was incorrectly decided and damaging to religious liberty under the First Amendment. Many in the LGBT community are concerned the court might try to overturn its own ruling. Do you believe marriage equality is the settled law of the land or an issue the Supreme Court should revisit? Mr. Gardner.
1: I think it's a settled law of the land as the Supreme Court has ruled.
3: Thank you. Mr. Hickenlooper?
2: Yes. And I was involved in those struggles uh, while I was governor and, and heard many of the stories of of how people's lives were impacted by the status quo, the inequality. Uh, and to finally get that settled is, is just changed the lives for so many Coloradans, so many Americans. Uh, and I, I I certainly hope it is a settled law of the land, although certainly with the the rush to confirm, um, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, one has to be concerned about some of these things that we thought had been settled uh, and and well taken care of.
3: We're going to go to some yes or no questions here now. Do you support a pathway to citizenship for all undocumented people, not just dreamers? Mr. Hickenlooper? Yes, I do. Mr. Gardner?
1: Yes, I believe we can get there and we should.
3: Thank you. Do you support legalization of recreational marijuana at the federal level? Mr. Gardner.
1: Uh, I've worked hard to make this conflict go away to allow states legalization to occur. Yes, uh, the answer is yes. Governor
2: Hickenlooper actually vetoed marijuana legislation. We will ask Mr. (laughs)
3: Hickenlooper, do you support legalization of recreational marijuana at the federal level?
2: Yes, we have to decriminalize it uh, at the federal level, absolutely.
3: Do you support raising the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour? Mr. Hickenlooper.
2: Over a period of time and regionally allocated, yes, we, get to, we should get to $15 of national policy, yes.
3: Mr. Gardner?
2: We should get
1: to $15 an hour by growing our economy. Uh, reports have already shown so how many millions. So you don't believe
3: we should raise the minimum wage? We should wage.
1: get to $15 and more uh, through our economy, by growing our economy. Thank you. The reports Thank have you. said we'll lose millions of we jobs if you do what John Hickenlooper wants to do. Thank
3: you. Should William Perry Penley still be in leadership at the Bureau of Land Management, Mr. Gardner?
1: Oh, he hasn't been confirmed, uh, hasn't had a hearing yet.
3: Should he still be in a leadership role?
1: Well, he's, he's not been confirmed, and the courts had said he's not.
3: That's not the question, sir. He well, has been working there. We he have has... to have
2: a hearing on this. All right. Uh, Mr.
3: Hickenlooper, should he still be in a
2: leadership role? No, of course not. And he's making decisions Thank you. that Thank you. he shouldn't be making.
3: Do you support cities setting up designated camping areas for unhoused people? Mr. Hickenlooper.
2: Uh, each city has to make their own decision on that, but I do uh, support better, more affordable housing.
3: That's a yes. Okay. Yes to setting up designated camping areas.
1: Yes, that's local control. Mr. Gardner. Well if the communities agree to that Yes, Uh, John Hickenlooper promised to eliminate homelessness and he didn't do it.
3: Do you support the idea of term limits for Senators, Mr. Gardner? Uh, Yes. Mr. Hickenlooper.
2: Yeah, I'd be fine with that.
3: Should law enforcement officers have qualified immunity? Mr. Hickenlooper.
2: Yeah, we proved in Colorado that can be negotiated
3: this is a yes or no mr gardner
2: yes there's but we
1: have to come together as a community to thank get you. it right
3: thank you thank you all right gentlemen we have uh, allowed and we've agreed that each of you will get 60 seconds for a closing statement so we want to do that now so mr gardner you get to go first
1: well thank you uh, as i mentioned before i believe in the power of colorado i believe in the people of colorado that this state is a, a four-corner state made incredible by pike's peak and long's peak and the Burlington Carousel, and Craig Colorados, and the Grand Junctions, and everywhere in between. I'm the only uh, statewide elected official who doesn't live within 30 miles of Denver. I'm the only statewide elected official from rural Colorado. I believe that uh, I-70 doesn't end at Vail. I believe that I-70 doesn't end at Strasburg that there's more to the state, and that we have to fight for opportunity for every single uh, position and every single corner. And that's exactly what I have done over the last six years. And I'd be honored to earn your vote because that's exactly what I will do the next six years, to make sure that we create more opportunity, not less, to make sure that we have a cleaner environment, not worse, to make sure that we have uh, that optimism to climb that next peak to reach that next horizon, because that's who we are in Colorado. That's what we do. And to the, to the rest of the country when it comes to Colorado, you ain't seen nothing yet. The best is still to come from us.
3: Thank you, Mr. Gardner. Mr. Hickenlooper?
2: Well, thank you, Caitlin, Ann, and Justin. Uh, Channel 7, thank you for the opportunity. Um, as I predicted at the beginning, we saw a barrage of attacks from, from Cory Gardner, uh, of exaggerations and lies and distortions. But I think most of you saw through this. And we have to recognize we have uh, the stakes are so high, we have to make difficult decisions. Are we going to protect health care for people with pre-existing conditions, or are we going to take it away? Are we going to address climate change head on and, and protect our environment, or are we going to continue to roll back uh, uh, clean air and clean water protections? Are we going to give more trillion-dollar giveaways to the wealthiest corporations and individuals, or are we going to rebuild our economy that's so more fair to everyone? Are we going to have a senator who stands with Donald Trump 100% of the time or one who stands up for Colorado? Listen, nothing's going to change if we don't, going to change in Washington if we don't change it. And that's why I'm asking for your support, why I want your vote. Uh, together, we can change Washington. Thank you so much. And
3: thank you both.
0: Democrat John Hickenlooper and Republican Cory Gardner making their case to Colorado. Both men want to represent you in the U.S. Senate. The election is November 3rd, but of course, Coloradans are already voting by mail. Mr. Hickenlooper is scheduled to speak with Colorado Matters one-on-one this week. Senator Gardner declined that invitation. Of course, there's a lot more than the Senate race on your ballot. Propositions and amendments And you can find our comprehensive voter guide, which launched today, at CPR.org. Think of it as a smart, even-handed companion as you fill out your ballot. It's CPR.